This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast. Bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Okay, after that terrible game that Utah had against Arizona, fantastic news, Cam Rising coming back. I, it's kind of been out there for a few weeks now. I know 1280 kind of jumped the gun and and announced, kind of announced it last week, but Cam Rising makes it official. This is big, fellas. This is big news, especially at the downer of the weekend. The season coming to an end, going to the Big 12. This is great news. It 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 saved my weekend. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, it was an ugly weekend for Utah football, and he he really turned it around and made us all forget about it for a few hours. But honestly, I mean, what a couple of things though. I mean, it's awesome. It gets the fan base pumped going into next year going into a new conference, going into a situation where you have, you're most likely going to have an opportunity to compete right out of the gates for the big 12 championship. And what does it do for recruiting? I mean, not only for guys on this team who may be thinking about going elsewhere or, um, or what, or, or coming back or not, but then, you got guys in the transfer portal who might think, oh, if Rising's going to be there, I want to go play there. Uh, I mean, you look at it, Utah's, what, about 20, 20 22 days away from uh, transfer portal day. I mean, honestly, you had to get this in as, as soon as possible just for that alone, Ryan. I also like that they're doing this now. It kind of avoids any awkward situations when it comes to this Saturday for senior day. Um, I'm imagining Cam won't be walking. Um, <laughs> and so like, right. If you at the game, if we didn't see Cam walking, what would that, I just think there'd be a lot of frantic fans. Oh, people, at the game. people, pets heads would be falling <laughs> off if he didn't walk and he hadn't, hadn't made an announcement. I, I, th- I think you start the Heisman campaign immediately. He is, uh, he's going to be one of the uh, most heralded uh, and one of, one of the most talked about and one of the best returning quarterbacks um, in the nation next year. So, um, and, and to that point, Ryan, Utah has, has a great chance to go in and, and compete and win a Big 12 title, get in the playoff. Um, I mean, it's set up for literally Cam to kind of have that moment. So, 
Utah, Harlan, let's get on it. Um, great news. Let it. I mean, I'm ready. I, I'd spend the whole podcast talking about Cam Rising and next year instead of that gosh awful game on Saturday. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Utah definitely could have used Rising in that game. They come away 42 to 18. Uh, and it doesn't help that essentially the game was over in the first quarter when Arizona jumps out to 21 nothing, and then I think they scored their uh, another touchdown at the very first play in the second quarter. So up 28 nothing. that's hard for any team to come back, especially one that is battling so many injuries. And to top it off, the flu or slash strep, some sort of bug was going around the team this past week, which limited a lot of guys in playing. A couple guys uh, out on the field. It was a rough, rough beatdown that the Utes took. Dude, it, it was. Was that the worst loss and worst performance of Utah as a member of the Pac 12? Is it worse than Oregon this year? I think so. I, th- I think by a, a large margin. I'm trying to think back over the years. I mean, this I it mean, was it was early, awful. Early on, we had some real stinkers. I mean, I think we lost a game like seventy to seven. Um, maybe it was even Arizona. I don't. I don't. I don't recall. But I mean, I we did get we did get blown out in some early early Pac-12 games. But but I mean, that was certainly of recent years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we we it was a week removed from nearly beating Washington on the road and to come out like that. Now, granted, I mean, the three of us follow Utah football probably more than our wives would like us to. <laughs> um, but I I struggled to to recognize who was on the field in that first quarter. Yeah, I mean, it was- we. we we had fifth and sixth string linebackers out there. Your boy was out there. I I I played the fifth. <laughs> yeah, it, it it was definitely a rough start, and it, I mean, I think we talked about this a little bit last week, leading into this game. What was the mindset gonna going to be after you fight? to the bitter end against Washington on the road and you're eliminated from contention. Really? You're down a bunch of starters, not only for the entire season, but now you've, you're down more starters because of more injuries, sickness running through the team, nothing to play for. They came out completely flat. And to top it off, you completely whiff on a punt block that gets scooped up and to score. I mean, you're, you're not going to come back from that. Well, what, what, what were we doing even on that? We all, we normally have three big bodies back there as the last line of defense. We only had two. So is that a personnel issue, a mistake, or were they running some different type of formation? But regardless the two dudes that were back there did not touch a soul. No, they didn't. I mean, the dude, the the guy who blocked it came inside of was it Mokafisi? Mokafisi, yeah. If Baumeister 
kept running, he probably could have ran and pick up the first down outside of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so bad. I mean, and the, and the funny thing is that guy blocked it without having to leave his feet. <laughs> and and still didn't even like collide with with uh, with Bowmeister, and the ball just like bounces right up. I mean, it was the easiest touchdown anybody could have, and it was at that moment. It's just like okay, this is this is gonna be how this day goes. And unfortunately, it didn't stop. It was well, they followed was, it up with a trick play that worked to perfection. That was an embarrassing effort from Utah, Scott. I, I think I'm. I think I'm joining with you. I, I do think it's worse than Oregon, and I say that because going to or thinking about the Oregon game, Utah did. They did move the ball offensively. In this game, there was just yeah. no no effort across the board. No, and I mean offensively. Yeah, it was a decent effort offensively, but defensively was absolutely atrocious. Um, and I know, again, that comes down to personnel. I mean, you you basically had new safeties, new linebackers, um, the best one of the best defensive ends in the country not playing, um, and and our corners were absolutely. I mean. We had starters in at corners, but you couldn't tell. I mean, it was so bad. Broughton, Battle, even Vaughn. I mean, it was just it was just one of those efforts that you don't see very often from Utah football. You typically do not see two of those efforts defensively in a, in the same season. Um, so it's man, it's unfortunate. I, I mean, it is what it is. It's it's the first game. It's essentially the first game in five seasons that Utah football has not had Pac-12 title game implications on the line. And all that you already mentioned, Rye, that they were dealing with, it all just adds up to, you know, just an absolute stinker. But, you know, I mean, credit to Arizona. I mean, that they're hot. They're hot right they're, now. They're, they're dang playing well. Good. They are dang good. And... I mean, Noah Fafita, heck of a heck of a quarterback. Noah Fafita should be a Ute. Dude, I mean, seriously. The, did you see his his recruiting picture for like Huddle? He's wearing a Utah He's wearing hat. Wearing a Utah hat. It was his dream school. His 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 uncle was a star here, and we said, like so often, Utah says. No, thank you. <laughs> Your services will not be needed here because we have somebody else who's going to do nothing, but we're going to take him over you. So let's talk about that class. It was, was that Brandon Rose and Nate Johnson? Yes, it was. So we haven't seen Brandon Rose. So we, nope, he, jury's he, still out. His, we don't know. He's on his back-to-back redshirt um, season. And, and most likely on his way out. Probably. Nate Johnson, he's my boy. I, I think he can be a Heisman quarterback someday. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Cam. That's Cam, You got to let it go, dude. You got to let it go. I know, I'll, I'll let it go. I think Nate 
can be a phenomenal wide receiver. Wide receiver? Yeah. Safety? Ooh, I like him at that. I I haven't thought about safety. Might be good. But he's not a quarterback. I I mean, I think we've seen enough of him to to realize it's just, I don't think it's going to happen. His speed covering the secondary from sideline to sideline would be pretty amazing to watch. Okay, but let's take take his speed out. Does he even get on the field at quarterback? No. Well, if, if he does... If he doesn't have that speed, he's probably not even recruited to play Division One football. I mean, his speed is what sets him apart. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I mean, he, he seems pretty adamant. He's 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 going to play quarterback. So whether he wants to continue to be third, fourth, fifth string at Utah or he wants to look for an opportunity elsewhere. um. But I, at this point, I don't even know what type of opportunity he's going to get in the portal. Um, I mean, maybe a Division II type team. But, um, I mean, Whittingham today alluded. Um, he was asked about the quarterback room next year with Rising coming back. And his comments were pretty telling, I think, as far as maybe what he already knows. Um, essentially, he said he does not anticipate a crowded uh, quarterback room next year. No, I, I think so, they'll. I I think they're gone. I, I'm hoping yeah, I, Brandon I, Rose is around just just for that depth. Um, I could see Barnes leaving, just you know, wanting to be a starter somewhere. Um, with the, his limited um eligibility. You know, I, I I I'll I'll help Barnes pack. Let's just make it happen. If, I mean, if Johnson really wants to play quarterback, he's he's gone because there's not going to be any room for him beyond QB4 with what's I coming. Mean, I mean, the dude doesn't even get wildcat opportunities anymore. I wish he would. He just needs to look at what JJ did and find a position that he can excel at and... I mean, really, with his speed, he could play wide receiver. He could play safety. Uh, I, I, I he could would, probably even play corner. I would love to get him on the field. That I mean, I'm not trying to to rag on him. I mean, you got to do one thing really well to get recruited, but you got to develop another skill or neither two more skills to really make a difference and get on the field. And and so far, he just hasn't done that yet. Uh, going back to this game. Oh, sorry, we we're gonna say something, Scott. Well, while we're still on the topic, do you guys think Rose is back next year? I don't know. I think it depends if Isaac Wilson is is medically able to go or not. I mean, I don't know. Do you think Rose is going to make his decision based off an incoming recruit being healthy or not? I mean, he may. I, I could factor in. I don't know. But Well, if, if he knows that Wilson's got to sit out next year, then he – then he's probably guaranteed QB too. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what to think of Rose because we haven't seen him. Like I just don't even know. I mean, we, I mean he uh, was Mac, awesome in the spring game. Come on, <laughs> Mac Howard. Nobody even talks about Mac Howard. He's probably gone too. I mean, 
It's uh, in Utah. They this week got a phenomenal recruit from the twenty twenty five class. Um, kid out of Southern California who's got an absolute cannon. Looks to looks to be an absolute stud. So there's definitely some 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 talent that's coming. But um, we also thought some of this talent would 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 be more than they they currently are. So you just never really know. Um, I mean, heck, Utah may even, I know with rising coming back, it could affect things in the portal um, from a quarterback perspective. But, you know, maybe they try and go get a a backup to rising uh, to come in here. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, I mean, it's definitely a good problem to have. Um, But to your points, guys, like we've talked about the coaches. I've talked about the talent in the quarterback room. And unfortunately, due to injuries. We just haven't seen it this year. Uh, going back to this game, uh, you know, one key stat, uh, just I think it comes down to effort. Defense allowed Arizona to go 7 of 11 on third down. Well, it was, yeah. I, I mean, there's there's not a lot to pull from this game yeah. that is successful, can, you know, provide any type of hope. I mean, the, really, the only thing I think that comes from this is there's a lot of pride in this program and in that locker room. Um, and I think, I think even though Colorado is not great, I think Utah's going to come out ready to absolutely handle those guys, um, and they're not going to put two, two, two uh, back-to-back games with that type of effort out there. I mean, Devon Bailey was on the radio today, and he was pretty critical of their performance and, and their mindset. And uh, even alluded to there were guys not ready to play. There were guys that not, didn't want to be there, um, which is really interesting. That's not something you hear at Utah. It's just not. And so um, behind the referring? Do you think he was just referring to the fact that everyone was just completely – just still hurting from last week's loss and elimination from contention. I think it was all the above because the question was what, what was the key factor in this, in losing to Arizona? Was it kind of the hangover from losing to Washington? Was it being knocked out of uh, contention for the PAC 12? Uh, Was it the illnesses that was going around? Was it the injuries or like what, what in your opinion was the bottom line? of why it went bad so quickly and his response said it was all of that and there were guys that just didn't want to be there there were guys that didn't want to be on the field on saturday i mean but it's it's still crazy i get it what you've been working for and the, the expectations and goals you had this season were kind of gone but it was still a top 25 team on the road and if you can't get up for that, it, it I think it just tells you that this this team is physically and emotionally depleted right now. I mean, yeah, Kyle a week ago said that this is the toughest season he can remember coaching. And and that's on the heels of, of a season where he lost two players to death. You know, I mean, it uh, it, it clearly has had its toll. Um, all the injuries and all the shuffling, it's had its toll on this, on these guys. And I think, 
I think they're going to show up, but I think uh, I think the bowl game is going to be much like what we saw last week. I think you're going to have very few players actually playing the game. I think it's going to be backup city. Scott, you bring up the bowl games. You know, over the weekend, I, I looked at different prediction or looked at different projections uh, where people think Utah will end up. I, I think right now the consensus between different media outlets is it's either the Vegas or Sun Bowl uh, for Utah. I, I'm kind of hoping for Vegas. I've already booked hotel rooms. Oh, have you really? Yeah, I'm interested in going if it's Vegas. But I don't know. I, I, I get your point of maybe there's not going to be a lot of effort. There's going to be a lot of the deep bench guys that don't play are going to be in that game. But I think for me, it's just like with the Big 12, I don't know kind of the opportunities I'll have to go to a bowl game because it seems like most of them are on the East Coast or Texas around there. And, and Vegas is so close. But I don't know. What are you guys feeling? I, I I don't know that we're gonna get Vegas. I think uh, I think it's gonna be Oregon State that gets Vegas. Uh, I mean, assuming Oregon State loses this week, um, I I I think I, I saw some predictions that Utah may may go to the Holiday Bowl, which again that's a pretty you know pretty good destination, a pretty good option. Um, but it's gonna be real interesting. I mean. When you had certain dudes sitting out of the Rose Bowl, um, after this type of season, going to Vegas, going to the Holiday, going to whatever bowl, Sun Bowl, you're going to have a lot of dudes who I don't think will play in the game. Because they're getting ready to go to the NFL or they're just... I, I, I think a combination. I mean, there may be even some guys who plan to come back next year that may just don't want to risk it right um i mean like a cole bishop who you know he may he may go to the draft this year or he may come back but you know does he does he want to risk it it's just bowl games have changed so drastically now um that they're they're almost completely unimportant i mean unless you're in the playoff and it's it's kind of sad that that's where we're at but it is it's there's just not a lot of importance placed on them anymore, and guys don't want to risk it. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see. I think maybe I just I want Vegas so bad because I just I want to relive the Pac-12 championship games there. <laughs> honest, I I go back those two weekends were some of my favorite memories of a Utah fan. Those were two phenomenal games and totally worth the money and the drive to go, I mean, it helps, to go to. It helps that they blew both teams out. But just just going into Vegas with all that red and then walking from Mandalay Bay over to Allegiant, it's just it was so fun. And I think that's why I'm kind of like, oh, I hope they get Vegas. I want to go to it. Um, but I don't know. Maybe you're talking me out of it, Scott. Hey, you know what? The, those those two those two games those two Pac-12 title games um, are probably going to go down as some of the most memorable Utah football games I'll probably ever attend. Um, you know, they were they were just phenomenal from the 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 size of the crowd, the energy, 
winning the Pac-12 for the first time, and then a year later winning it as a complete underdog against USC and securing back-to-back Rose Bowl bursts. I mean, it's it's really tough to beat that, and it's it's so unfortunate that you know, unfortunately, those days are over now with the Pac-12 dying, but. Those those will go down in Utah lore as as absolutely special moments. Yeah. So the 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 one thing that kind of stood out, I mean, you watched that game and it was we just got our butts kicked. We got absolutely annihilated. It was not close. And then you look up you you pull up the stats. Utah had five more first downs in Arizona. We had the exact same amount of rushing yards as Arizona at 118, nearly identical passing yards attempt, and nearly identical total offense. Yet, we got absolutely depanced. <laughs> but, okay, look at it, though. They won the turnover battle. Oh, for it, sure. It's two, but really three, if you count the, that blocked punt. So I think that's kind of a big difference in the game. Um, and then, so you talk about that yardage being almost identical, but Utah had the ball for 10 more minutes. I mean, really, that's, that's, well, that's what they were trying to do. That's their MO, especially this season when they have a lack of talent on the offensive side of the ball. So in that regard, their game plan worked. It was just the blocked punt and the interception down in the red zone. Okay, I will. I, I agree with that. The time of possession was in our favor, but it was not in our favor in what we were doing with the ball. I mean, Bryson Barnes threw the ball 53 times. That's way too much. I mean, well, when you're down that, 28 zip, I mean, it doesn't leave you much of a I, chance. I, I, much know of you a have, I know you have to. I'm not saying that you have I mean, to throw the ball. I mean, normally it would take him a full month to accumulate <laughs> 53 t- attempts. <laughs> and I'm mean, seriously. And 31 of 53. I mean, don't get me wrong. Bryson put it all on the line. He always does. He He gave it his best effort. Um, but two interceptions, it's just, they're just killer, especially one in, in the, uh, in the, in the red zone again. And it's, it's just, it, it was, it was said on the, it was said on the broadcast, Utah's not built to come from behind. Well, you're definitely not built this season to come from behind. Because we want to run the ball. We're more effective when we can run the ball. And with a third-string quarterback having to throw the ball 53 times, man, I don't want to see that ever again. No, I, I, It's a lot to ask from Bryson. And I know I've been critical of him this season. You can't take away from his heart, the effort, the grit that he puts in every single week. But that's just, that's just too much, kind of almost unfair to ask of him. Uh, one stat I, I do not like, and I just because of the way the game played out, uh, he probably should have had more attempts because he had 19 carries for 44 yards. He, Bryson should have had more attempts at running? Well, no, sorry. He would have more attempts at throwing, but I think he ran it. Oh, several several times he ran instead of throwing it. So he had 53 attempts, 
but I think that would be if if he doesn't run it as much as he did and throw it, it that's going to be north of sixty on those attempts. I, I mean, a, a net of forty four yards rushing for Bryson in that game is pretty remarkable, considering he probably backpedaled <laughs> for about seventy yards in that game. Well, his his, and I'm not I'm not saying this to blast him because he was QB three or four coming into the season, but if if option one isn't available, it's run the ball. No, it's it's backpedal and then run the ball. <laughs> yeah, that's that's his struggle, right? If that first option isn't there, uh, he he struggles. Another one more game, game, gentlemen. One more. Well, maybe two. Probably two games. Probably two ball. more games. But but seriously, I know we touched on it earlier, and we don't need to spend a lot of time on it. But how many more games or seasons do we have to watch Shaw coach special teams? I was surprised Scott didn't call him out when he was talking about the block punt. To be honest with you. You know what? Because what good is it going to do? He's not going to get replaced. <laughs> Winningham's not going to fire him. He's not going to demote him and give it to somebody else. We're stuck with Shaw until until I think the return of our Lord and Savior. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I did not see that one coming. <laughs> I just, I just don't, I mean, I used to, I don't know. I don't know, gentlemen. I'm at a loss with special teams. The the fact that we just continually do the same mumbo jumbo, same mistakes, and yet we still have the same guy in charge. It does make it make sense. It does seem ever since Kyle let go of special teams, it hasn't been the same. It hasn't been the same. And it's interesting. I saw a tweet from a coach this weekend, and he said the five principles of an effective special teams, and the very first one was the head coach needs to be involved. Someone passed that book along to Kyle. He's in the analytics that he looks at. Yeah, throw that in the analytics report. (laughs) You know, okay, I'm going to say it. I know this isn't going to be popular and people are going to lose their mind. I don't know that it would be a bad thing if there was a little bit of new blood on our coaching staff. Oh. I mean, we have... It seems like there's new blood in in the wide receiver room every every year. Yeah, and and and, and you could argue we never see any improvement. <laughs> <laughs> so so maybe new blood. I don't know. Maybe it's not it. Now I know one of the strengths of this Utah program is continuity in the coaching staff, and I think that's for sure. That's 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 a given, and I that is one of the strengths. I'm just saying, you know, there may be a coach or two. I think there, there could be some room for improvement. I'll, I'll leave it at that. You, you guys can decipher who those coaches are, <laughs> or who you think I think those coaches are. 
Hey, at, at least like the carousel of OC has has stopped. As far as continuity, that's been a big plus. It has been a big plus. It's too, it's too bad Notre Dame did make a little better effort. <laughs> oh, I think no, he just revealed no, one of his coaches. No, I and honestly, I I do love Ludwig, and especially with Rising coming back, you want Ludwig with Rising. Now, after Rising retires for his twelfth year in college football, then maybe maybe we see something different, but. I just I'm all over the board tonight, boys. I just uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to just shake and bake. That's kind of our thoughts in a roundabout way <laughs> that Utah Arizona beat down again, forty two eighteen, just ugly. Uh, we got to take a break. When we come back. Let's talk about some scally news and get into the matchup with the Buffs. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, so it broke Monday afternoon that USC made a run for Morgan Scally uh, this week, and I know why. Why is that, right? Because he he shunned fish just like <laughs> just like Caleb <laughs> oh, Williams wow. shuns all his opponents. <laughs> oh my I, gosh! I love you the uproar what? of all the disrespect. <laughs> the the nonsense from Arizona fans and Jason Shear, most importantly, <laughs> is why I never want to see Arizona successful. I mean, it was redonkulous what was yeah, going on was. after that game. Uh, but USC yeah, makes a run for Scally. Um, when that kind of broke, I was kind of losing my head, and I text you two. And I was like, USC's going after Scally. What the heck? Ryan, our calm presence on the podcast. Maybe that's right. Maybe that's why Ryan doesn't take a side whenever there's like a debate. Ryan's always on the fence. Ryan calmly texts back and says, Well, what do you expect them to do? And, and rightfully so. <laughs> Scally definitely has earned that respect in, in college football. Uh, but I think it speaks a lot m- more to this Utah program that that Scally wants to be here and that potentially there are things, you know, down the pipeline for Scally. I know the coach and waiting has kind of been like, is there, is it there? Is it not there? Uh, to me, this kind of signals and the last contract he got with the financial backing that he, he got out of that. I think it does set up Scally to take over wit whenever that day comes. I think, I mean, we've heard off and on over the years, various schools go after Scally and, and, and it probably, I, I don't think we'd be surprised to, he probably hears a lot from a lot more schools than we even know about. Um, but, uh, as one of Utah's former coaches said on Twitter or 
X, whatever it's called these days, um, that uh, he's he's a he's got Utah blood running through his veins, and he's uh, I don't I think it would take a significant opportunity and paycheck to go someplace else, or somebody telling him he's not the next guy at Utah. Don't get any ideas, Mr. Harlan. Do you understand? <laughs> now, I it's I mean it's pretty re- it's pretty remarkable the the schools that have gone after Morgan and he continually says no. Um, obviously, it helps with him being from Utah, being a Utah fan, playing in the program, and spending as much time as as he has here as a coach. Um, but what does that say about this program that last year Notre Dame tries for Ludwig and he says, nah, I'm staying at Utah. USC tries this year for the defensive coordinator. He says, nah. I mean, it's 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 remarkable what Utah has built. And again, I understand going back to you know what I previously said about this coaching staff, the continuity is a big factor. Um, but having your two coordinators try to get poached and stay is absolutely huge for the program. And uh, um, I mean, I, I think it's 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 a done deal without you know without knowing it. Morgan will be the next head coach at Utah. The question is when. That is the big question. I mean. How many how many more years does Witt have in him? And if he if he says this year was the toughest of his eighteen years as head coach, and he's in his sixties, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much how much you got left. I mean, he's getting paid a lot of money, um, but it's a lot of work. It's recruiting these guys, making sure they're doing what they're supposed to, making sure they're responsible in the classroom and on the field, and um, I'm sure he doesn't get much sleep, especially this time of year. But uh, but looking ahead, though, I mean, obviously a lot has to play out. They have to play the games. But let's say he goes and wins the Big 12 championship his first year. Obviously, it's an automatic invite to the to the playoffs. Who knows what happens there? But Okay, so he's won the Big 12, or he's won the Pac-12 a couple of times. He's gone in and won the Big 12. He's gone to the playoffs. Does he say, okay, time to turn it over? Yeah, I mean, especially with Cam Rising. I mean, he he loves himself some Cam Rising. And, I mean, who doesn't here at Utah? But does he want to start a new cycle a new era at Utah without uh, you know with a young quarterback does he want it um, does he have the energy to do that does he have the desire to do that I kind of hope he does because I'm going to keep him as long as we can at the same time I do wonder how long is Morgan willing to wait right um, and behind the scenes is there a plan in place that Morgan knows when that's going to be Kyle knows when that's going to be we don't, um, but uh, I, I would be interested to, I, I wonder if that is the case, if if they kind of know behind the scenes uh, a timetable on when a change is going to take place. Tina, I don't know if, if Scally is going to get impatient, 
because I mean, obviously the USC job came up for him this off season or not this off season, but this week, you know, there's rumors a couple of years ago, Michigan uh, made a run for him, uh, you know, in Florida, uh, Urban Meyer wanted him, uh, Dan Mullins was interested in him. And so I think Scally's had opportunities to leave over the last several years and he's turned them all down. And so I don't know if you turn those down and they get impatient now. He's turned those down as a defensive coordinator. If a head coach opportunity at a a good program presents itself, that could be enticing enough to go. That is an interesting thought. Because I don't, I mean, again, a lot of stuff, especially with Scally, stays in the back. Um, not a lot of it gets gets out publicly. I haven't really, I mean, you haven't really heard his name come up in head coaching jobs, e- even like for Mountain West schools. And there's some that are open right now that I think are attractive to a, a coordinator who wants to make that next step. Yeah, well, but if you, but if you, if, if, would you go to a San Diego State or a UNLV if you knew that in the next two to five years you're going to be the head coach of Utah? But 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 what if what if Kyle says, "Man, I'm loving doing this. I, I'm here another five years." He could go get two, three, four years experience somewhere else, and still come back and get the job, you know, um, uh, you know, and obviously we're just talking out of our, out of our, our, the sides of our mouse right now. Cause you know, we don't really know what, where, where things are at, where, you know, Morgan's aspirations ultimately lie. Um, but it will be interesting. I, I do, I do get the sense. I don't know that Morgan will wait forever and that's no insider information. That's just simply me speculating, um, but I, I I get the idea he's very anxious for that opportunity, and I don't know if he, he's willing to wait another five plus years. How how old is he? Like mid forties? Yeah, I think he'd be uh, um, probably about forty three, forty four. Which, in the grand scheme of things, isn't really that old. I mean, he's got a lot of years ahead of him. Oh, he for sure does. And he's 44 right now. Um, but you look at a lot of coaches in, in the college ranks, they're going young. Uh, there's a lot yeah, of, a lot of young head coaches. And so to your point, Scott, is he kind of biting at the bit if something were to come up in the next two or three years? But, but if you say no to Southern California with how they can recruit the money living in a warm climate. I don't know. I'll bet you he got a pretty nice little pay raise out of this uh, USC interest. Yeah. I mean, you'd hope. I mean, you got to use that to, you got to use that to your advantage with with Harlan in charge. We really have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's, I mean, it's great. It's great the to keep Morgan in house. It's great for the notoriety of his coaching abilities, um, and also you know for Utah that a program like USC, uh, you know, trying to poach our coaches. They did a couple of years ago with Kyle McDonald, 
um, and now trying to go after uh, Morgan Scally. Uh, so this week, Utah. Hey, hey, oh. hey USD. How, how are you guys in the need a, of a uh, a former lawyer, special teams coordinator? <laughs> maybe, maybe I know a guy. All right. So Utah welcomes in Colorado uh, this Saturday to not only conclude this season, uh, but conclude the Pac-12 era uh, for Utah. Uh, we'll get into that, uh, but buff, uh, the Buffaloes coming into this final week on a five-game losing streak, losing seven of their past eight. Looks like the old transfer portal didn't play out after all. I just, I, I kind of have to laugh because the first three weeks of the season, when they got up to number 19 in the AP, they were all over ESPN. Everything was about Coach Prime and and the Buffs, and they were beating teams with terrible records. And now they've come back to earth. And I love the whole argument of, well, we're still better than last year. I'm just <laughs> out of all out of the three but, teams, but, following but they're going to end up with the exact same conference record as a year ago. I don't think it played out like. Uh... <laughs> Like anybody, well, I don't know. I honestly, given how what their off season looked like and the complete turnover of the of teams, I think a lot of people were like, "This isn't going to work." And then they won their first couple of games, and everyone was like, "Oh, maybe this is going to work." And here we are, back to no, it didn't work. Well, three of those four wins that they have came against non-conference opponents, um, which I think also speaks just to the overall strength of the Pac-12. You know, Colorado gets into conference play, and they can't find a win to save their life. Um, Defensively, they're horrible. Offensively, ever since they benched their their OC, They've been atrocious. That has been they, the most bizarre move. I, it doesn't I think, make sense. No, I have no idea. Especially why they going did. to Pat Shermer of all folks. <laughs> they were okay. As much as we're kind of ragging on Colorado and having fun with it, their offense was moving the ball, putting up points. They were electrifying, and their defense is what was really atrocious. And they changed offensively. That I has, has never made sense to me. And, and to your point, Scott, ever since they made that change, their offense has never been the same. Oh, it's it's taken a huge step backwards. Their defense just continues to be a, a train wreck. Um, I mean, I'll be interested. Does does Shador, uh, does Sanders, does he, does he even play this I don't, week against? I don't think he does, based on the spread. Because it opened like 18, Utah was an 18-point favorite. Checking tonight on Monday, it, it's moved to Utah. Utah is now a 21.5-point favorite. That's crazy. I mean, the dude has been sacked so many times. Their O-line is terrible. Their D-line is terrible, um, which everybody predicted, right? Oh, they went out and they got some skill players. And, and early on... Uh, that was great. And everyone realized, okay, they can't stop the run and they can't run. 
and everybody's everybody's adapted to that and they're atrocious and you know obviously i'd love to have jonah ellis go against that offensive line this week it's a bummer we're not going to get to see that but i think connor o'toole and the rest of the crew will wreak havoc i think you're going to see a utah team that was embarrassed um that has some has a lot of pride and they even though they're decimated with injuries, I think you're going to see – I will be shocked. Let's put it this way. I will be shocked if you do not see a Utah team come out with absolutely their hair on fire. I mean, if you look at the two teams, that's really what it comes down to. It's just pride in this game, right? Colorado it can't get bowl eligible, uh, even with the win. So they don't have much to be playing for. Utah. They're out of the Pac-12 championship picture. They're already going bowling, so not a whole lot to play for. So right now, just this game is just going to come down to pride. I think it helps that Utah's at home. I think it kind of helps that Utah kind of got their butts kicked last week uh, to to kind of come out and try to play uh, with that pride, get that W. Um, and then also it's senior day, and there's some guys that are going to be playing their last game in Rice-Eccles. All that being said, though, 20, 21 and a half point spread, that's a lot. That's a big spread for a conference game. It's a lot, given the fact that we just got worked last week by Arizona. I mean, we're, we're basically playing with a, like a spring roster right now. That just tells you what Vegas thinks of Colorado and the fact that it's a home. Um, yeah, I think Utah rolls. If 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 Sanders does not play, Colorado, will, I would be shocked if they put up any type of fight. Um, I I think that I think that team is has given up on on Dion. The way that he talks about them, the way that he's so critical and just openly admits that he's going to replace most of them through the portal. Um, their recruiting class is terrible. They're 60th in the country right now with, uh, I think, one four-star recruit. Um, and obviously, they're going to they're gonna hit the portal. But I think a lot of folks who uh, maybe would want to have joined Colorado early on are going to look at things and go, oh, do I really want to go there? Um, can they really turn it around? I, I just I don't think they're going to have the t- same type of success as they had last year in the portal. And they're they're recruiting class is atrocious so you know he he can sell on glitz and glamour early but i think he's proven that he is an awful football coach Uh, i mean you have players on their roster that are tweeting out uh just how bad it is how it's just it's just individuals that the coaches really care about player stats rather than trying to play as a team and try to win as a team. I mean, that's just a toxic, toxic environment. Uh, and who knows if they can turn around. But it also just you know, makes me a little bit thankful for what Winningham has established here and why you know, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about, it was ASU and Arizona, their head coaches coming out saying they want to mirror the type of program that, that Kyle has here at Utah. And from everything that is public coming out of Colorado, it's completely night and day to what we have in Salt Lake City. No, absolutely. 
And if what's going to be the difference next year if he's going to do the same thing he did this year by getting rid of these players and replacing him with other guys from the portal? The outcome will be the same. Unless you can beef up these uh, these lines, they're they're they'll they'll continue to struggle. So I I mean load up on your skill players. USC did the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. They got a couple of D linemen, but they didn't have um, really the amount. They didn't have what they needed off on the offensive line or on the defensive line. Yeah, you go out and get a bunch of skill players and and whatnot. It only gets you so far. You have to control the line of scrimmage. We know that as good as as good as anybody with what, what Whittingham's done here. It starts on both lines, and and uh, um, yeah, they struggle with that. So um, I think I think the Utes win big Saturday and cap off um, an unfortunate season. I won't say disappointing. I will say unfortunate. Let's go ahead and get to our pick. Scott, I'll kick it over to you first. You're saying you think Utah wins big. So what's your score in that? Yeah, I think Utah wins big. Um, it's senior night. Um, it's, uh, you know, Bryson Barnes' last game in Rice-Eccles Stadium. And um, I think the Utes, they're going to cover the spread. Utes win big. I'm going to say final score 44-17. Ryan, who do you got and what's your score? That's pretty close to what I was thinking until we talked about Shador not playing. I mean, he he turned out to be a better quarterback and better athlete than I anticipated. I hadn't really hadn't really seen much of him before that. And oh, and, and he, I don't mean to cut you off. I don't know if he's playing or not. I, I'm no, I, I speculating off the line. Yeah, that, and I understand that, but... Um, if he doesn't go though, he's really what makes that offense productive at all. If he doesn't go, I think they struggle to get ten points on the Utes. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna say forty eight ten Utah. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking the same lines as you guys. Uh, that is is a bad Colorado team. Uh, especially yeah, if they don't have their quarterback in there, I think Utah wins big as well. I got thirty-one to six for the Utes. Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather, Drum the letter N Feather, and Scott. Uh, uh Ute Man underscore forever. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Utah Man Podcast. You can catch us at our home, utahmanpodcast.com, and anywhere you listen to a podcast, oh, we are there. And hopefully everyone has a great and safe Thanksgiving and that Utah gets a big win to end out their play in the in the Pac-12 against Colorado. And go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes. We'll be till I die. Ki-yay. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah.